This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 137. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 137. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. Hello, Shameless Moms. Let's kick off this episode with our listener review. So this listener review comes from Tops Fan is the name on the review. And Tops Fan says that this podcast, the Shameless Mom Academy, is everything I need in my life right now. I have a two and a half year old and a six month old. And since having my second, I've been struggling with how to be the best, most kind and loving version of my mommy self. I found this podcast when seeking parenting advice and tips. And little did I know I was getting tips on how to just be an awesome person and lead an awesome life as well. Every time I listen to an episode, I feel empowered and excited to implement these ideas of goal setting and taking better care of myself and my dreams. Sarah, thank you for doing this podcast and sharing your experience and wisdom with me. So yes, I love it when people are like, I'm going to get some parenting advice. And then the parenting advice that I give is just all about how to like be a badass in general, and then you'll be a better parent. So not to say there isn't value in getting like really specific parenting advice, but I think so much what we struggle with comes from our own struggles with our own self-confidence and our own self-worth wrapped around a lot of different things. And when you work on that, then the parenting thing falls into place a little bit better. Like when you learn that I am the boss, I am in charge, you know, I am powerful, I am capable, other things start to fall into place and suddenly becoming a mom doesn't seem as overwhelming or as daunting or as something that you are feeling like you fail at every day. And suddenly you start noticing that you have wins and that you can do hard things and all those kinds of things that really, really empower you as a woman and as a person. And that really does impact and overflow into your life in motherhood as well. So I love that review. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to write a review and have your review shared on the show, then go ahead and hop over to shamelessmom.com 
forward slash review, and you can leave just a sentence or two, and your review might be chosen next. So, okay, I'm excited for today's topic. Today's topic is actually the inspiration for our next group, my next mastermind group. So if you are interested in working with me in a small group setting where you get FaceTime with me and we get to talk and collaborate and really work together to meet some of your goals, listen in because I'm going to give away some of the information I'm going to be talking about in this next upcoming mastermind. And if you want more stuff like this, definitely make sure you get on my email list so that you can get more information. So if you want to be on the email list for the next private group that I'm running, go ahead and email me at info at shamelessmom.com. And I will make sure to add you to the interest list and have you on the wait list so that as soon as I release information about our upcoming program this summer, you will get all the details and be among the first people to be notified. So today, I want to talk about summertime self-care. I think that it's really easy for us to think of summertime as something that we need to focus on the kids and we need to plan events for the family and we can lose ourselves in summertime. And I talked a lot last week about bucket lists and how to decide and determine like what do you put on a family bucket list versus what do you put on a personal bucket list. So that was all in episode 135. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already because I think it's a really good precursor to today's episode. Today I want to talk a little more specifically about how to manage self-care in the summer because oftentimes we have a routine in the school year that is different than the summer. That is because of the situation with the kids often being different if you have school-age kids. It's also because our time is a lot often different in the summer. We have vacations and travel and maybe, you know, some longer weekends here and there. We maybe have visitors from out of town. So we have a lot of things that can really disrupt our routine and it can make our self-care really quickly fall by the wayside. And I don't want that to happen with you this summer. So I'm going to divide this into four different categories, four little subsections today that we're going to address. So we're going to talk about how you can move this summer, how you can eat this summer, how to create downtime this summer, and how to create fun this summer. So I could probably do an episode on each one of these categories. So I'm going to try to limit myself (laughs) to keep this as concise as possible, but I'm going to try to limit myself and just give you a snapshot of each of these categories. And then, like I said, if you want to dive deeper on any of this, make sure you get on the email list to get information about my summer program. And you can do that by emailing me at info at shamelessmom.com. And I will make sure that you get any information about that upcoming program as soon as I have it ready to go in the next couple of weeks. So, all right. Let's start with movement. How do you move in the summertime? So oftentimes our gym routine looks a little different in the summer than it did in the winter or in the school year. So if you are someone who works out at home, maybe that's something you can continue. If you're someone who traditionally goes to the gym after you drop your kids off at school, that might look different. Maybe your early morning routine is different. Maybe your after work routine is different. So like things definitely can shift. So here's what you need to do to have a movement routine for the summer. So when I say movement routine, this might be like, you know, going to workout class kind of a thing. This might be just having a walking schedule. This might be doing yoga a few days a week. So this can be a lot of different things. This might be like a very concerted weight loss effort kind of a thing. So it can look a lot of like a lot of different things. But what you want to have with your movement routine is first of all, you want to have a schedule. And so that doesn't mean that you have to be super tied to the schedule. It might be that like every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you go to yoga class. If you're out of town for a long weekend, maybe if it got bumped on Monday and Friday for being gone for the long weekend, maybe there's one week where you go on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that 
having some flexibility to your routine is totally okay and definitely encouraged. But you can also look at like, what is your standard routine going to be for the summer? So maybe during the school year, it's one thing, maybe it's going to be different this summer, especially with early morning daylight. I know when I'm running, my early morning runs can often be like an hour earlier because I feel safer running outside when it's not pitch black. And so I can often get in early morning runs earlier than I do in the winter when it's summertime and when we're in daylight savings time. So thinking about what just some of the flexibility and benefits of the summer schedule as well, that you can knock things out earlier sometimes just because of daylight hours. Also, maybe your evenings are a little extended. So maybe, you know, in the winter, you would never go to the gym at five or six o'clock because it's like you're hunkering down dinner and bedtime in the in the summer. When you have that extended daylight, maybe it does make sense for you to stop at the gym on your way home from work and have your husband pick the kids up or, you know, be in charge of dinner time and those kinds of things. One of the things I like to do when I'm looking at arranging a workout schedule or routine for an extended period of time is I like to theme things. And so this is something I do often, you know, if I'm not training for a race, which most times in my life now I'm not training for a race, I have a history of doing a lot of race training, but now to keep myself in a regular routine and not get bored, I often will put together, you know, weeks, multiple weeks long routines or programs where I theme different days. And so maybe your summer routine has themed days to it. For example, Monday could be lower body day. Tuesday could be something where you incorporate the kids into it. So maybe it's track sprints with the kids where like the whole family goes to the track. Maybe Wednesday is doing a yoga video. So it's a yoga day. Thursday could be upper body weight day. Friday could be body weight cardio. So you're looking at things like jump squats and star jumps and maybe a stair workout or burpees and using the Tabata format. If you're not familiar with that, Tabata is a great format for doing body weight workouts and getting in cardio in a really quick format where you're doing 20 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest repeated eight times, and that's considered one Tabata. So if you Google Tabata, T-A-B-A-T-A, you will see more about that format and how you can use it. But having those themed days can be really helpful. And then maybe the weekend, there's some sort of family activity like a hike or swimming or bicycle ride or something that's not necessarily like a super structured workout, but it's some sort of family movement kind of a thing. So looking at what does your workout schedule look like and how many days do you want to be putting into it and then dividing up those days in terms of assigning one day as like something restorative like yoga, one or two days with weights and one or two days with cardio. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners 
listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So when you just look at theming things like that, that can be a really helpful way to incorporate exercise in a way that feels like it has a lot of variety. It can feel kind of fun and playful, like you're not just like every day getting on the elliptical and bored out of your mind. That can be really, really helpful. And that's often how I will theme my workout programs when I'm looking at you know, if I don't have a super specific goal, like a race or something, I like to keep things fresh and changing. And so that's often what I'll do is have those themes and have kind of a schedule that's predictable from week to week. So it keeps it really easy. And I'm not guessing I just know that like every Monday, this is what I do every Tuesday, this is what I do. And that is really, really helpful for me to keep things simple, but also keep me on track and keep me motivated with a little bit of variety throughout the week. I also think that when you're looking at workouts in the summer, keep things as simple as you can by making sure that there's things you can do no matter where you are. So if you are on vacation or at a lake for the week or you know out of, you can't get to the gym or you can't go to your normal classes maybe that you go to during the year what can you do that you can do at home what can you do with body weight so this is something that I've gotten really well versed at because I used to do all my workouts at the gym and even before I had Vinny I used to be at the gym so often because I was there every day training clients and now since having Vinny, I do all my workouts at home. And I'm often not, even though I own my own gym, I'm often not there very regularly. So I'm not in that environment where I have access to all that equipment and where it's built into my daily schedule in that way. So instead, I build it into my schedule wherever I happen to be. So whether I'm at home or I'm traveling for a conference or I'm on vacation, I've found ways to work in workouts so that they happen no matter what. And a lot of that is that it's just the first thing I do every morning. I get up and it doesn't have to be long. So some Sometimes, especially when I'm traveling, a workout might be 10 minutes. It might be 15, 20 minutes. My travel workouts are generally pretty short, generally not longer than 20 minutes or so, but they're high intensity. So I'm doing things like push-ups, squats, burpees, things like that that get my heart rate really up. So 10, 20 minutes in, I'm fully sweating. So I definitely don't feel like I'm letting myself off the hook by doing a shorter workout. I'm just maximizing my time and my effort 
doing some sort of high intensity interval workout where I'm really getting as much bang for my buck as possible in a really short time frame. And that can be really great in the summer too, especially when you have different demands on your time. So maybe you're working out with small children around you. Maybe you're trying to cram this in between, you know, nap time and lunchtime or just different things that you might have going on in the summer that can really throw a wrench in your normal routine. It can be great to just get in those short workouts because short still counts. Workouts do not need to be dependent on the amount of time you put into them. They need to be dependent on whatever your goal is. So if your goal is to lose weight or maintain weight loss or you know stay where you're at right now, getting in short workouts can be just fine. If you want to lose weight, getting in short workouts and keeping the intensity high by increasing your speed or increasing how much weight you're using with resistance and dumbbells, that those are ways that you can really manage your workouts relative to whatever your goal is. So don't be concerned that less time put into workouts is going to compromise your overall results or compromise your ability to actually meet goals over the summer, because that's definitely not the case. Short workouts can Absolutely. And this has like been scientifically proven over and over again that short workouts are just as efficient and effective for fat loss, especially when coupled with a great diet. So let's talk about that now. Let's go ahead and move into how will you eat this summer? How will you fuel yourself? So when you look at eating, really think about fueling. And I think that one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself is reframing diet and restriction and looking at fueling instead. Because fueling is like, what is all the good stuff I can put in my body so that I feel good? I have energy. I'm excited about life. I am not hungry all day. I don't have cravings in the middle of the day or in the evening. That's what fueling is all about. So fueling is very rewarding because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel satisfied and it gives you the energy that you need to get through your day and also to support your workouts, whatever those might be. So when you look at food in that way, that's very different than saying like, I just need to eat less and less and less in order to lose weight, which is oftentimes how women frame nutrition and frame food in their life. So looking at how will you eat? A couple suggestions for fueling in the summer. Summer's a great time for fueling because there's so many delicious, fresh options. So when you're looking at fruits and vegetables, there's like an endless supply of amazing fruit. So really incorporating like as many seasonal things as you can. Vegetables, salads, like crunchy, cold, crisp things, that's a lot more appealing in the summer. So I'm gonna give you a quick little rundown on my big-ass salad rules. I'm a big fan of a big-ass salad. And a big-ass salad is exactly what it sounds like. It is a big salad in a large bowl and you eat a lot of it. The great thing about a big ass salad is that you can have a lot of volume, but it doesn't necessarily need to be super high calorie. Now you can make it, you can easily make a salad very high calorie. So don't be fooled that like all salads are low calorie because that's definitely not the case. And your goal isn't necessarily to make all salads low calorie, but just be aware that like you can easily rack up a lot of extra calories and a lot of extra kind of hidden fats and hidden calories in salads if you put too many non-vegetable items in them. So when you're looking at making a big ass salad, you want to first start with your base. So what is your base? My base is always a couple different kinds of greens. And so it's usually like spinach and arugula and maybe some cabbage. Sometimes that's green cabbage. Sometimes it's purple cabbage but multiple greens. And then that forms the base of it. And then on top of that, I'm putting in a couple other vegetables. So maybe I love doing like uh, chopped up snap peas. I'll do cucumbers, tomatoes, if you're into them, maybe mushrooms, carrots, any of those kinds of vegetables, and then some sort of meat 
or legume. So maybe you're doing some chicken or some fish on top of your salad. Maybe you're doing black beans or garbanzo beans. I love garbanzo beans and salads. Kidney beans, like any sort of beans can be great. Lentils can be great as well. So there's your protein. And then you're looking at some of those extras that you might put on top. So maybe some nuts, maybe some, a little bit of, I love crumbled goat cheese. So those kinds of things. So you're looking at all those different components. Now here's some of the fun stuff. Make sure you chop everything very finely. So I cannot stand going to eat a salad and having like the little stems of spinach sticking out of my mouth. So I chop everything very finely. So essentially I could eat my salad with a spoon if I wanted to. Also, sometimes I will put warm things in my salad. So I look at like, okay, is today a warm day or a cold day? Do I want a warm salad or do I want more of a crunchy cold salad? So looking at that, you can also add grains to your salad. So adding quinoa to your salad or adding brown rice to your salad, that gives it a different textural element and again, can add some warmth to it. Warming up the meat, or maybe you're adding roasted vegetables, roasted yams on a salad, awesome. And especially if you have a little goat cheese in there and then it kind of like spreads creaminess around the whole thing. It's so good. So salads can be really fun and really creative. And so when you're looking at a big ass salad, what can you do to make that happen? Also fruit, you can put fruit on your salad. So summer is a great time. Like chicken pairs really well with nectarines, with peaches, with apples, with berries, all those kinds of things. So I'll do salads with strawberries and nectarines, or I'll do salads with, in the winter, I do salads with apples and chicken year round. So putting in fruit in your salad is another great idea to add some sweetness to it. So looking at what makes a salad really pleasurable and satisfying to you. Oftentimes when we think of salads, we're like, oh, I'm just going to like have some iceberg lettuce or romaine with like some carrots. And that is like the least exciting thing ever. And also when we're just like, or even if if you're going to like, I'm going to really step it up and do some spinach and you throw like spinach and baby carrots in a bowl. That is not a salad. That's just like some raw vegetables in a bowl. So really make it something that has multiple components that you really enjoy that hit your satisfaction factors. Satisfaction factors is a concept that Jill Coleman talks about. I interviewed Jill on this podcast a while ago, and I will link to that episode because she is an outstanding resource. So satisfaction factors are the things that you need for a meal to be really satisfying to you. So for me, I always need protein. I always need a little bit of fat. I always need a little bit of salt and I need some crunch. So when I make a big ass salad, I make sure that all of those things are in there and that makes the salad very satisfying to me. So think about what can you put in there? So moving on from salads, for your meals, for your base of your meals for fuel, think about pro-pro. Think about your protein and produce. So this time of year, grilling things, getting in your meats and fishes on the grill can be really great. Vegetables on the grill can be great or just fresh vegetables can be great. So looking at what can you do that's really fresh for your snacks, also looking at crisp, fresh things. So maybe that's, you know, just plain old fruits and vegetables. Maybe they're dipped in hummus. Maybe you're making some sort of veggie dip out of plain Greek yogurt. That can be really tasty. Hard boiled eggs. You can make a dozen at a time. So you have a cold grab and go snack, string cheese, another one, plain Greek yogurt with a little bit of fruit can be a really great high protein snack. So these are all cold things that are nice and refreshing in the summer, but are going to be really healthy and really fuel you. Also smoothies with protein powder. So this is what we do a lot at our house. I use Vegas protein smoothies. So you can use that as well to get in some protein and then you can add fruits and vegetables to that. So I always add spinach. You oftentimes will add some sort of berry or some banana, or recently we've been doing frozen pineapple. So you can add all those kinds of things to smoothies as well. So then also looking at 
how much you should be eating. So when you're looking at fueling yourself, you want to fuel yourself as much as you need to be able to perform the duties of your day, but you don't need to overfuel yourself and overconsume calories. So here's my challenge to you with fueling yourself this summer. And this is going to be really helpful if you have a weight loss goal this summer, or even if you're looking to just maintain and not overdo it this summer. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Really notice when you are 80% full. Now, this is very hard to do. So you're going to stop yourself. You're going to like put your fork down between bites and be like, okay, am I full? Do I really need more? I'm going to wait a minute and see. I'm going to have a little drink of water, give it a second. But really trying to stop yourself at 80% full. You will consume far fewer calories if you don't focus on clearing your plate every time, if you don't focus on eating everything in front of you, if you focus on intentionally stopping when you're 80% full. That is going to be a game changer for you, but it definitely takes practice. Like you might even need to put a post-it note next to you while you're eating that says like 80%. (laughs) So you're like, wait, am I 80% full yet? Because at 80% full, you will very much feel like, hmm, I definitely could eat more, but I don't think I need to. And remind yourself that like, I don't need to eat to the point of total fullness or over fullness because I'm going to eat again in a few hours. Like, and we oftentimes overeat because life gets busy and chaotic and we think like, I'm going to eat as much as I can now just instinctually because I might not get to eat again for eight hours. Like really frame it that like, I'm going to get to eat again in a few hours. And so I don't need to overdo it right now. And then don't wait eight hours to eat again. 
Okay, next, how will you create downtime for yourself this summer? This can be really challenging if you have kids home for the summer. So my biggest recommendation is to create early morning magic time. And this can be a challenge because oftentimes it means getting up earlier than you normally do, and that can be painful. But if you give yourself 10 to 20 to 30 minutes in the morning, that's just you by yourself, you will find that it helps you frame your day totally differently than when you wake up starting out your day in a reactive mode, reacting to being awoken by a child. So I've talked about this on other episodes. This is actually one of the biggest takeaways from the Momentum Mastermind that I most recently did with the Shameless Mom Academy. In the Momentum Mastermind, a number of moms started getting up just a little bit earlier to have a little bit of morning time to themselves, and it really became their magic time. Some of them used it for reading, some of them used it for journaling, some of it used it for working out, but whatever you use it for, that's up to you. But just having that little bit of solo time first thing in the morning can be a total game changer. The other thing you can implement in the summer for downtime is having family quiet time. So this is something we've started implementing with Vinny as he's napping less, that that's fine if you don't want to nap, but we're all having quiet time in the afternoon. So from like 2 to 3 p.m., you go to your room and do what you're going to do. I'm going to go to this room and do what I'm going to do. But like we're having like family downtime and that's been really helpful. And when you frame it, especially when you transition into summer, you just transition from like the get go, like this is what we're doing this summer. So you don't have to then implement it in the middle of the summer and like upset a routine. And that can be really helpful. Vinny also knows in the morning when he gets up, if he gets up and I'm doing my workout, like that's my special time. So he knows that he has to find something else to do during that time. He can be in the room with me, but we used to say he had to stay in his room the whole time and that started getting more difficult to manage. So now he needs to just find something to do. He usually will sit at the dining room table and play Legos. Occasionally he'll come in where I'm working out, but he knows that it's my time. So he's not making requests from me. He sometimes is just hanging out. Sometimes we're chatting a little bit, which I enjoy while I'm doing my workout, but he's not like asking me to go get him snacks. He's not asking me to, you know, help him play with something. It's like mom's doing a workout. And if you want to hang out and chat, you can, but otherwise like no demands may be made of me right now. Another helpful hint would be bedtime. It's really easy to extend bedtime in the summer because of daylight. What if instead of extending bedtime, now maybe you're going to extend bedtime here and there for special occasions or if you're out you know, on vacation or traveling, but in terms of just your normal summer routine, instead of extending bedtime to be later, put your kid to bed at the same time as during the school year, but maybe let them stay up a little later in their bedroom. So maybe they have a little bit of extra quiet time. So after you read books with them, maybe they can stay up and read books on their own for a little longer than normal. Or maybe you say, and we've done this with Vinny recently, like, okay, like it's lights out now, but it's still kind of light in your room. So if you want to read a few books by yourself for a while, you can do that. And then he'll pick out like three to five books. He'll read them on his own, which is hilarious to eavesdrop on, by the way. And then he puts them away when he's done and he goes to bed. Of course, sometimes he has to get up and go to the bathroom like three more times and all that kind of normal four-year-old stuff, but we don't extend our full day. So I'm not having extra parenting time just because it's light out. And what that does is it allows my husband and I to have our evening routine not be interfered with. So we still have our normal evening routine and we still get our downtime because that's really important. It's very important that you are creating downtime for yourself in the summer, especially if you are feeling like your time is really compromised because you have more kid time in the summer and you're doing more kid activity. The other thing, if you're working, is leaving work at lunch so that you can be in the sun, be outdoors, doing your workouts outdoors. So maybe instead of working out inside, you're working out on your deck or on your back lawn or going for runs. So just doing things to be outside and planning downtime that is outside. So you're actually enjoying the weather. This is a big thing in Seattle because we have limited sun during the year. So it's like you got to get out there and take advantage of it while you can. But it can also be just extremely refreshing. And I made a really concerted effort last year to get out in the sun and do leisure walks 
walking every day where I would take the dog for a walk and listen to a podcast. And it became a big part of my day. And I'm making sure now as the sun is coming back that I'm getting back into that because it's so refreshing and so mentally invigorating that I think it's really, really important that you're incorporating that kind of downtime as well. And then the last piece would be, how will you create fun? So what are the fun family events that you're planning this summer? So definitely go back and listen to the last episode, episode 135 on bucket lists, if you haven't already, because that's going to really give you a good explanation on how to incorporate fun and create, you know, kind of a to-do list of really fun activities with your family. But in addition to that, what are some fun events you're planning just for you? So what are some solo events you're planning? What are some date night events that you're planning or maybe date days or maybe weekend getaways? Maybe there's a girls night that you're planning. So make sure that you're not just looking at summer as like this grueling event that you have to get through and have to manage for your kids, but that you are actually looking at like, this is a time for all of us to have some flexibility and incorporate some fun and adventure into our lives. And here's how we're going to do that. And so it can be a reframe of the dreaded, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through like not the kids not being in school for this amount of time. So really reframing that to look at like, how can we take advantage of this limited amount of time? And I know that like, when I think of summertime, I think of looking back at summer as like such a special, unique time of having more family time and being able to do really fun things that we did not get to do otherwise. Like we always did a family vacation in the summer, which involved going from Seattle to Spokane. But like when that's the only thing you're used to, it was a big freaking deal. So I looked so forward to that trip every year. And then we also had things like going to the lake and going to this pool and things just that were different and out of the normal routine that were really, really fun. So making sure that you're incorporating some of those fun things and really embracing this little bit of a sense of adventure as you enter summer. And then lastly, remembering that summer is not just about catering to your kids. So that is really what this all comes down to, that summertime self-care is about taking care of you this summer as well and really fueling your livelihood throughout the summer. When you look at how will you move, how will you eat, how will you create downtime for yourself, and how will you create fun? All of those elements are going to be really important because you deserve to have a summer that is just as fun and just as memorable as your kids. So really look at how can you manage that and how can you look at this season as something that you're really looking forward to and really optimistic about rather than something that you're thinking like how we're going to grind this one out. So that's a really, really important framework to be working from. So if this was helpful to you, please share this episode out. I hope that you can inspire other mamas to create some summertime self-care and then know that I will be talking more in depth about all of these areas, about all four of these areas in our summertime program. So if you want to join a summertime mastermind where we'll be working together on creating an amazing summer experience and involving self-care and incorporating self-care into your days and into your weeks this summer, make sure you shoot me an email at info at shamelessmom.com and I will make sure to get you on the wait list and get you information as soon as we have it ready to be released. So I look forward to hearing from you. I hope you have a great day. I'm super excited for the Wednesday interview. I am in interviewing Jada Selner. And she's someone who I have admired from a business perspective and a woman perspective for quite a while. She's the co-founder of Simple Green Smoothies. And she's going to talk about just living your dreams and finding your passions and following your passions and what that looked like for her over time as she evolved into motherhood and then through motherhood. And now she has, I think her daughter's eight now. And so she's had some big business evolutions based on following her passions in the last eight years. And it's a really great interview. So make sure you come back on Wednesday to tune in for that. Between now and then, and Enjoy your week, and no matter what you do, make sure you do it shamelessly.
No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.